Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. Hey, gorgeous. How are you? Welcome to the third part in the four-part mini-series about confidence. And I know last week's was a long one. I'll see how I go with this one. It's always easier when I'm interviewing someone because I can be responsive to them. When it's just me, it's just like, oh, let's see where we go. This one's got, oh my gosh, today's episode is, this is about body positivity, aging and the lifelong confidence. But before I get into it, if you listen to last week's episode, which was about authenticity, and I was sharing with you around my one word to describe me. It's interesting, some of the feedback that I've received around that, and it was very, very kind. Thank you. Do you know what my word, my hyphenated word is that I use to describe myself? It's free-spirited. And as I talk to you, if you haven't listened yet, go back to episode two where I'm talking about being authentic and the process I went through was just exploring all the parts of me, all the roles I play, the qualities, the things I like about myself, my strengths, my interests, my values, my beliefs, and just a whole mind map of who I am. And when I went through that process, there was lots of different categories. So it was kind of like this big just concoction of me. (laughs) And when I looked through it, I could sort of put them into different categories. And then I just sort of sat and the word, like there was a lot of stuff about being free there, but free spirited just jumped off the page to me. And I went, oh, that feels really, really good in summing up who I am because I'm not anyone, I'm not any one person in life. Free-spirited means that I can choose to be me and live life according to my terms, but there's flexibility and fluidity in that as well. And so what I did is I wrote down what being free-spirited means to me and there's a lot like for those of you that are listening and not following there's three two pages of what being free-spirited means and then I put a page of things that I will do to ensure I remain free-spirited so yeah that's that's who I am that's who I am and that feels really good for the moment if we check back in in another year's time Will it be the same? I would say yes, because free-spirited for me provides all that whole flexibility and don't dare tell me that I have to do things a certain way. So that sums up (laughs) me. Anyway, so thanks anyway for all your feedback and comments around that one. And interested too to hear what your word is that if you've come up with a word or a hyphenated word or a sentence or a way of who who you are at, at your authentic core that would be really interesting to hear it anyway today oh my goodness this topic is just so near and dear and close and raw and all of the stuff that goes with it body positivity and aging right smack bang in the demographic of where I'm at and 
how it's affected me in life. And it's really interesting now that I'm doing this series on confidence. You know, it's that whole reticular activating system that, you know, when you focus on something, more of it happens. Oh my gosh, the, the women and some of the blokes too that I've been working with, confidence or lacking confidence and not believing in themselves has been a theme that's running through coaching sessions that I've been running. So interesting, interesting, interesting. And so many people that I come into contact with, and not everybody, not everybody, but so many are impacted by not feeling confident within themselves to do the thing or have the thing or be the person that they want to be. And it's that, that lacking the belief in themselves, the low confidence that's holding them back. They are all very, very capable, all extremely capable people. But what they've done is they've lost sight of that within themselves. So it's been beautiful just to be able to spend time with them and help them to reconnect with who they are and to rebuild and reboost that confidence because it's there. It's just about tapping into into it. Actually, I'm just going to do this now. Today's a little bit less scripted than last session. Actually, last session wasn't that scripted, but more free-flowing, maybe a little bit more free-spirited. <laughs> I just need to make sure that I do keep on some sort of track, though. But we all know how to be confident. Some of you may may experience that more so than others. Some of you might say, no, I don't know how to be. I've never felt confident. I would challenge that because I would probably predict that there is areas within your life where you have felt felt confident. What I'd love you to do now, I'm just going to take you through a really little quick closed eye activity, or you can do an open eye activity, is I want you to think about a time in your life where you have felt confident. Now, that might be with family and friends. It might be in a work setting. It might be, you know, in any area of life. I want you to just Picture that image in your mind's eye, however you do that, of being confident. And I want you to see yourself and what it was like for you when you were confident. And I want you to make that image really clear, really bright. If it's a photo image that you've got, turn it into a a video clip and turn it into a reel (laughs) of Seeing yourself being really, really confident and I want you to just turn that image up so it is really bright, really clear and see all the things you can see that are going on for you when you're being confident. And I want you to hear even what you're saying to yourself. It might be that internal voice. It might be the external voice. Notice your voice. Notice what you're saying, how you're saying, who you're saying it to, how they're responding, and just hear the, the the sounds of you being really, really confident. So hear it, that your voice, you're able to clearly articulate what you're saying, that you're able to, people are engaging with you, there's lots of laughter, there's um, whatever it is for you, and I want you to feel what it feels like to be confident through your whole entire being, right through your body, right down to your DNA. What does it feel like when you are confident? That mixture of being at ease, being feeling peaceful, knowing your stuff. It's just easy. It's effortless. You don't even have to think about it. I want you to feel those feelings through your whole entire being and turn them up to the highest, highest possible level of intensity that you can. And I want you to just now package up what you see, what you're saying, what you're hearing, what you're feeling, and just know within yourself, your body knows how to be confident. It knows how to be confident. You've just done it. You've done it lots of times before, but sometimes you forget about that. And when you're feeling not so confident, even just go back to that little visualization that you did. And it's about remembering how to be confident. So it might be just changing your physiology. So sitting up, what did you see yourself when you were being confident? What did you look like? 
So do that again. What were you wearing? Was it something that you felt good in? Was it a favorite outfit? Like I've got my green, generally I'm a green pink kind of chick. I've got green on today. I feel super, super confident. This is a color that makes me feel great. Um, it's really healing color as well. Green's really good for healing, renewal, vibrancy as well. So think about the things that you were doing when you felt confident. And when you're not feeling confident, do those things again, because it will help your body to get back into being confident. That's just one little thing. Anyway, body body positivity and aging. Oh, my goodness. I There's a thing, the aging, not so much. Like I will talk about that. Body confidence has been a challenge for me for a very, very long time and sometimes pops its head back up. I've done a lot, a lot of work around it. Our relationship with our bodies and our confidence, it can really significantly influence our lives from, you know, young age through to not so young age. You know, the body image is that mental picture that we hold of our bodies including our thoughts, including our feelings, the perceptions. It's about our our physical appearance. It's what we tell ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, and even the actions we take in relation to our appearance. And it can be, oh, my gosh, it's just such an uh, insidious part, especially for women, but also blokes too. There's a lot of of the blokes that – have challenges with body image issues as well. But, you know, the whole society stuff about what we should or shouldn't look like has had a huge amount to play on how a lot of, a lot of women, people experience themselves and can really lead, can erode self-confidence, lead to self-doubt, anxiety, even depression, self-loathing as well, unhealthy, really unhealthy nutritional habits, mindset habits, and it just really can have this hold of us around this downward icky spiral of how we see ourselves. And, oh, gosh, I I have a million thoughts. I probably need to be a bit careful in that I don't go off on tangents today because I have a million, million thoughts about it. And I hope they come out. Actually, I'll just do that visualization of um, expressing myself articulately today. But I guess my, oh, where did mine even start from? My challenges with my body image in particular. So without going through the whole ins and outs of what happened after mum died. But long story short, I managed my emotions through eating. I suppressed, I didn't know how to deal with my emotions, but eating was, it soothed my emotions. And I was pretty well home. Oh, it sounds a bit terrible. I was home on my own after school. Dad was working. My eldest brother had moved out of home. My second the middle brother was not long after the year after he moved out of home. And then I was at home with dad. We had a lady come in and cook us meals for some nights a week or something. But after school, I was kind of there on my own. So I didn't do schoolwork, but I ate. I ate a lot. Like my afternoon snack was like a big self-soothing afternoon <laughs> snack. Um, and I put on a lot of weight in my teenage years. And in parallel to putting on a lot of weight, I had very, very, very bad acne. And, you, you know, now knowing what I know now, they were representations of how I was feeling around things. So there was a whole lot of internalizing of stuff. So the eating was the externalizing and the soothing of it. And the acne was because I was eating crap and feeling like crap. It was just, it was all those emotions wanting to burst out through the the skin. So I just did not feel good about any part of myself. I didn't feel good about how I 
just felt emotionally, I did not feel good about how my physical appearance and my body image was just shot to pieces. My girlfriends, I, I was kind of the, the, the biggest, the overweightest, the just exercise did not interest me. I used to be a really good swimmer and then I just didn't swim anymore. I used to play netball, but that was just like, oh, that was hard work, basketball. The things that I used to do just were, did not bring me any joy. So I didn't do them, but I over, I excelled at eating. Um, I did it really, 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 really well, eating and suppressing those emotions. So as I got older, I I just didn't have coping strategies. And, you know, when you're in that place of, was I self-loathing? I'm not sure whether it was self-loathing. There was a lot of not liking myself. So is that self-loathing? Mm, probably not quite on the scale of self-loathing, but it was certainly at that scale of where I didn't really like myself. It was that numb. I was just indifferent. And it was almost trapped in this cycle of not knowing, not liking who I was, but not really knowing how to get off that cycle. And then when that bloody bloke told me that I intimidated people because I was a big woman, that really, it was just like, oh my God, I have to make myself small. And I think it probably correlated. So I was around about 25, 24, 25. I think that's probably where my dieting journey started. I don't recall dieting when I was growing up because I was eating so much. I wasn't dieting then, but I was putting the weight on. So I think it was about around about that same time that that bloke told me that I was big and needed to make myself small. I took away part of the meaning of that is I need to physically make myself small. So that means I need to just watch what I'm eating, but really restrict myself. And I went into that classic yo-yo dieting journey for many, many years. And I, I think about it now, there are so many different diets and programs and I'm sure a lot of the women here can relate as well we do it for different reasons we're trying to help me to to lose the weight but what I didn't do back then is I was trying to treat the weight as the cause it was a symptom of the other stuff so when I started to really work on my mindset and be much more in tune with who I was and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up in life, my weight, and I can't say it was as as easy as my weight just dropped off, but my weight started to shift around things. And when I was pregnant with Henry, so Henry's my second child. I've got two kids, Ellie and Henry. Henry is turning 26 this year and after he was born, I was the heaviest that I have ever been. So I put on pregnancy weight, but uh, plus some. Remember, I'm an overachiever at the, the weight gain and the emotional eating. So I had put on a lot of weight and I felt, I just went, oh, my God, I do not feel healthy. I do not feel good. I need to make lasting change, not just a fad diet change, I need to really change my lifestyle habits around this. And I lost, I think I probably lost maybe about 20 kilos at that point. And I was feeling pretty good. I was a vegetarian then. And it's interesting. I never really felt very satiated being a vegetarian, but I did that because it wasn't just for the health reasons. I just you know, some of the ethical eating dead animal reasons. So anyway, I was vegetarian for 10 years, but I don't think I was necessarily the healthiest that I was during that time. So I've since changed my diet and I do include meat. And I've learned much, much more about what my body needs to be able to sustain at a, a healthy level. But there was a lot of stuff. My body was a representation of how I was feeling about myself and life. Um, so, so still continued. I, I, I guess I dieted less 
but still dipped in and out. Still have, still, I, I used to say, I just have to look at people eat and I would put on weight. And I, I've changed that language a little bit, but it's, it's my body seems to like putting on and keeping weight <laughs> on it. So, but then there was a point when I was doing some of my, studies and it was in psychosomatic training so about the mind body connection and we did this analysis of the body and it was really in depth and intricate kind of analysis as to what stories is our body telling us so what are the features what are the the different elements ailments features condition of our body what messages do they actually have for us and I remember that one of the things that was said there is that our weight is blocked energy and you know where we're where we're holding on to that blocked energy gives us some indicators as to what might be going on in our lives and that just gave me a very very different relationship with my body and this is probably this isn't that many years ago this might be six years ago about that different relationship with my body that the weight is energy and where I'm storing excess energy it just gives me some indications (laughs) as to some things to to navigate in life so I'm very much and I'm not um, maybe you pick this up from me But when I'm looking at solutions to things, I look at what is the thing I'm wanting to solve, but what is that that's bringing up in me that needs to sort of be resolved within myself? So when I sort of think about weight, that is an indicator. It's not the sole thing, but it's about what is that bringing up in me? So anyway, maybe that can be a chat for another another podcast series. But it was about... I didn't see weight was one of the elements. How I appeared, my my image of myself was pretty low, in all honesty, in in my teenage years, my early adult years. And then as I've had more birthdays, the acceptance has become more and more there. So it's almost like that good bottle of wine you know, improve with age, my my acceptance of myself and my image of myself has certainly improved with with age. And I don't let and sure I, I like to be healthy and maintain a healthy weight. And when I when my weight does start to increase, it does impact, you know, my breathing and I don't feel great so it's sort of I I still like to maintain a a healthiness and I think you know there's a whole lot of movement you know the whole body image movement with Taryn Brumford who's the the 2023 Australian of the year that you know it was founded on the belief that your body is not an ornament it's the vehicle of your dreams it's the the body image movement believes that everyone has the right to love and celebrate their body regardless of the shape the size the ethnicity or the ability of their body so i'm sort of focusing you know for me it manifested in that the the weight element the size of my body and the the appearance of it was the bit that was tricky for me but for other people it's just other elements we really need to break through that and it's about accepting our bodies as they are (laughs) and being you know the the healthy versions of us and that can look very very different to all of us there's not a one size fits all for this there's not a one way that you have to do this but I guess it's like when I was talking about the authenticity it's about You do you, you love you, you accept you based on your criteria, not on my criteria. I will accept me and I will love me. Um, And some people will be saying, well, maybe we shouldn't have a criteria because that's a condition that we're putting on ourselves. But remember, I'm (laughs) free-spirited. It's about loving and accepting all of you regardless of the physical shape, 
size, squidginess, hardness, where you, your, your ethnic origin, your ability. One of my girlfriends refers to it as her diffability, that it's not a disability, but she has different abilities to others and she loves and embraces what she is capable of. So like I did that little visualization about being confident, maybe you could go and just even visualize all the parts of you as a whole or the separate bits and just send yourself love, love and acceptance for who you are exactly as you are. And some of the the tips around that are, you know, to begin your your journey towards that self-acceptance is to really practice that self-compassion and to be kind and caring to yourself and offer yourself forgiveness if you've been, haven't treated yourself with love and kindness. Do you know, we have one body in this lifetime. If we were given one car when we were born and we were told that that car has to last us for our whole entire lifetime, so the 80, 90, 100 years that we're going to be here on this earth plane, and if that car had to last us for that many years, I bet we would have it serviced regularly. I bet we would keep it nice and shiny and bright. We would clean it. We would look after it. The same goes for our body, that it's about keeping it, looking after the physical container that we've been given, but accepting that physical container and also accepting the mental and the emotional elements that go with it as well. So self-compassion is a huge component and you'll see themes here it's we don't just be compassionate with ourselves because of our body image it's about all the stuff that we that that who we are and what we do i'm really challenged that negative self-talk capture your inner critic in the moment and if you capture yourself going or i look like shit in that or i just feel like i used to say do you know this doesn't sound very flattering but let's like oh, my God, I just feel like a big fat fuck. Not like I feel like a fuck, but I feel, you know, anyway. And it was just this really negative energy that I was just telling myself that I was this big fat bleh. I don't do that anymore. Or if it's kind of sneaking in to my thought waves, I'm just like, no way, baby, no way. That's not, you know, why am I thinking that today? Why am I thinking that? And what do I want to be thinking instead of that? And I'm going to think those thoughts there. So I'm training myself to nip my inner critic right in the bud. You know, setting yourself daily affirmations. We've talked about this before as well, but, you know, are there affirmations? And when we're creating affirmations, it's about having, it's about having them believable and inspiring. Don't set affirmations that are going to set you up where you just go, yeah, that's bullshit, because we want them to be ones that we can we can embody within us. So for some people, and I know I struggled with this for a very long time, if I had an affirmation that I love and accept myself exactly as I am, my voice would come in and go, actually, I don't. I like a lot of me, but I, I can't, I don't unconditionally love all of me. So then I would have this conversation with myself that became like almost, uh, it wasn't what I was wanting to have happen. What didn't feel, felt very disempowering instead of empowering. So I changed my affirmations to be around, I'm loving myself more and more every day. I'm liking who I am more and more. And then that was a process. I could believe that. I could go, yeah, I'm liking myself more than I did yesterday. I'm liking myself a little bit more. Actually, I'm starting to love myself. So I didn't go for that great big bold statement that my yeah but voice would come in with. So think about some affirmations, gratitude journals if you if that works for you, or even just thinking about things that you are grateful for. And I am so grateful for this body, this vessel that I have been given, that she keeps me going. She's 
pretty okay in the morning. She's, you know, she's, she goes all right. Um, in the morning, she goes all right during the day. She needs a little bit of a rest in the afternoon and then she, then she's all right in the evening as well. She, she carries me. I'm so grateful for my feet and my legs and my body that support me to get around. I'm so grateful that I have the, you know, the, the ability to move around and, and things. So keep your gratitude journal. Mindfulness we've talked about as well, just sitting and being with who you are, just being with who you are and surrounding yourself with positivity. Oh my gosh. I just want to pour positivity everywhere. My goal is to just leave a little bit of magic and sparkle wherever I go. <laughs> if you're not feeling great about you, hang out with people that are uplifting and inspiring that can help to, to support and encourage. And when we hang around positive energy, we pick up on that and we also share that as well with others. And then really try and limit your exposure to negative influences. Now, there, there might be times when you can't remove those completely, but think about how you can limit your exposure to what are you taking in? What are you, where are you hanging out? Oh my gosh, social media is just such an insidious, insidious place. Like choose really, really wisely about who you're following, where you're spending your time. There's a lot of stuff. We, it's very, very easy to fall into that trap of going, oh, my gosh, their life is so great. They look so great. They're just doing wonderful things. And what am I doing in life? It's like blah, 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 blah. Limit that from, you know, I've unfollowed a whole lot of people because it's just like that's not the influence I want in my life. I'm very, very discerning about where I invest my self and my energy and also where I allow others into my space as well. And there, there was a post, oh gosh, it was a while ago that I saw from somebody. And when I first read it, I thought, oh, that sounds a little bit arrogant. But they said, you're privileged to be with me. You're privileged to be in my space. And I'm just like, oh, what does that mean? And she said, I'm reading through it paraphrasing is that I am very discerning about where I spend my time, where I spend my energy and who I allow to enter into my space. And because you're here, you're one of the ones that I allow in so or something to that effect. And I was just like, mm, that's just think about the, the influences in your life, the positive and the negative and the impact that that has on how you view yourself. Think about like embrace self-care, look after you, do what you need to nurture you. And if you are really, there, there are, there are lots of people who need additional support to help, help them in relation to how they view themselves, that the body image, embracing who they are. So seek that professional help. There are some really great and talented people. That there's a lot of people that can help you. Um, if you let, let me know, I've got some great resources there as well. And even just talking with others, there's a, a lot of stuff that I do in that space as well. And, and really challenge those beauty ideals that there is. Oh, where is it? I am just going to get my little this is my vision book and there's a quote in the back of it just going to see if it's am I going to be able to find it when I'm looking sorry this is not very exciting podcast I've got my little vision books here there's a quote from Sandra Bullock you have all the things you need to be beautiful when you learn to appreciate and love everything in you that's when you'll be the most beautiful it's not about it's not the physical, it's the, it's how you view yourself. And if we measure our self-worth on what size dress we wear or jeans we wear or what we look like in a swimsuit, that's, that's not what we want. We want to be just loving who we are in the skin that we're in. So, so that's, you know, there's a lot there on body positivity. 
there was one one thing I did it was only probably a couple of years ago. There was a photo shoot, and it was one of those ones. It was a group of women that were got down to our knickers, sexy knickers, but just having a, a photo shoot together, and it really was an empowerment one. It wasn't about. Uh, a lot of women do their boudoir photos and that's really beautiful and empowering as well. This was kind of a, um, there was some fun shots that was fun shots. But the thing for me was it was a, there was probably about 20 of us. We were all shapes, all sizes, all ages, different ethnic backgrounds. And we were just there not giving a shit about what anybody looked like, just really embracing who we were. And it was a really, that was really empowering. And, you know, so you can do stuff like that. You don't need to do stuff like that, but whatever feels good for you. That, that You know, that was fun. That was actually really quite fun to do that. So body image is a big part where our confidence can really dip when we don't feel great about ourselves. So love, love, love who you are. Maybe do a little mirror activity where you just look in the, the the mirror first thing in the morning and just look into your eyes and just say, I love you. I love you. And just notice your response to that. Notice what it feels like to to say that to yourself. That I, I found that really challenging for quite some time and I set myself a 30-day challenge that I was going to every day for 30 days looking to the mirror first thing in, in the morning just before my shower when I had all my kid off and look in the mirror and say I love you um, I couldn't I couldn't do that without going mm, actually I don't really I like I like you but I don't that can't say that I love you next day mm, yeah, yeah I like you 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 and then it was probably about two weeks in and I just went, oh, my God, I love, oh, my God, I love you. I love you. I love all of you. And I felt this whole dissolving of protection and armour and worry and self-doubt and not liking who I was. I just felt that dissolve in an instant. And then every morning um, for the next two two weeks roughly it was just like oh my god I love you I love you so much and I can honestly say that I love who I am regardless of the external that I love who I am the essence of who I am the soul the being and the vessel that I've been given I love you too so see if you can do that I'd love to hear your feedback around it Oh my God, I'm doing another long podcast. Sorry. Have a cuppa if you want. Have a little break and have a cuppa. One of the other things I was going to talk about was aging as well. Now this is an interesting um, element. In my mind's eye, so my chronological age is 57. That's not how I feel. I don't feel 57. My age I, I see myself like 44 is a nice, that's where I see myself as being. It's kind of like 40, I felt a real shift happening in my life. I really felt like, ah, oh, I feel, I really feel good about who I am. I think those earlier years were certainly after mum passed away, there was this numbness. Then there was this journey of self-discovery and unbecoming, the, you know, that, younger version of me and kind of working out who I want to be, a bit of trial and error and learning and growth and all that stuff sort of in my 20s and 30s and 40, it was just like, oh, this feels really, like this feels good. I feel like I'm sort of grown up but not old grown up. So I just have this just perpetual age of 44 in my mind. Now, I, when you see me, I have silver hair. I let my hair, I used to dye my hair. It was always a dark chocolate brown. And when I started to get little silver streaks, I would dye it straight away. 
and I, w- I kept it very dark. And if there was one silver streak and it was, if it wasn't ready to be colored, I would color it in with mascara. And it was just like, I can't have any silver in my hair. And then it was four, five, six years ago. I went, you know what? I'm, I, I just really want to embrace who I am as I am. And I no longer want to color my hair. And I said to my hairdresser, can you just strip all the color out of my hair? And she said, Oh, no, no, no. We need to go through a process. So what we'll do is we'll put foils in and we'll lighten your hair. And then the natural color can come through that. And it was kind of like, it was a bit of a process. And I said, are you sure you can't just strip it? I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there's ways we can do it. And she said, no, no, can't do it. Can't do it. Now it's probably, I don't know. They just went on way too long. And I said, I need to get all the color out of my hair and I want to go natural. And she said, oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. You look really old. And I'm like, fuck. Like, number one, don't tell me what to do. It's free spirited. Remember, remember. And it was just like, I really want to to go to my natural color. I really want to embrace that. And I said, can you cut all the color out of my hair? She said, no, can't do it. Um, I said, can I just go short? I was scared of my hairdresser. Can you go shorter? Can I go shorter? And she did this half-assed kind of attempt. And I remember that afternoon after the hairdresser, I came home and I said, John, can you get the clippers out and just shave my head, please? Because I want to go back to my natural color. And he's like, really? And we did it. And oh, my goodness, it was liberating. It felt, it was almost like I felt these layers of me being lifted and released and let go. And I did a whole kind of intentional ritual. It was a bit of a ceremony around it as we're not, not dancing around the full moon, but kind of almost. And it felt great. And I have kept my hair natural and short since then. Some days <laughs> it, it's natural and short. And I love it because it is, I feel like I am now. Now, I'd always had this image that, you know, grey hair meant old. And it's interesting within my circle of friends, when I started doing that, others went, oh, I'm going to do it too. And there's lots of women. I'm not saying that I started that movement, but I certainly was one of the first within my circle of friends. Um, but there's a lot of women that are really embracing their natural, gorgeous silver, silver colours. So that's one part of ageing, feeling good about who you are. There was something else that, oh, and you know what? The other thing that really affected me as I was getting old was my rotten glasses. Like I've worn glasses since I was 17 and my eyesight has changed over the years. And my optometrist said to me, oh, a long time ago, he said, you need multifocals. And I'm just going, no, no way. I'm not having multifocals because old people wear multifocals and I'm not old. And every year he said, Catherine, you really need multifocals. I'm going, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. But my vision was getting, um, was getting really, really not, not good. Anyway, I just went one year. It was probably, actually, it might have been around when I changed the color of my hair. I went, okay, give us a go. Give us a crack at these multifocal things. And they, they did take me a little bit to get used to, but they are completely fine now. And it has not affected my age, my outlook on age at all. So that was one of those limiting, beliefs that I had about, you know, what age actually meant. And one of the things for me also was around being really, really conscious to have good health into my aging years. And that because it doesn't matter how much money I have, it doesn't matter the relationships that I have, the support, where I'm living, what I'm doing. If I don't have my health, I can't do any of that stuff. And I've seen that firsthand with my declining my dad's health, declining John's mum's health, his dad, my mum passing away young. So it was health and wellness is a, a incredibly important value of mine and to ensure that I am fit and healthy so I can live out my, you know, the next phase of my life because life is too short to be able to engage in it, if that makes sense. And one of the other things with aging that has impacted 
me, but it's almost like childbirth. You kind of forget about it after it's happened, the, the pain that you went through is menopause. So I'm post-menopausal and it's been over the last few years that perimenopause and experiencing the hormone fluctuations and the impact that they had on me. In my 40s, I had very, very, maybe not debilitating, very heavy periods, very painful periods and had a procedure to, to help with that. My hormones certainly, they settled after the, the procedure, but the, the perimenopause symptoms, that brain fog was a, that was tough. And I remember just going, oh my God, I can't even, I'm normally pretty uh, alert, but it was just like, oh God, I can't even think of stuff. And so that was part of my symptoms and also the hot flushes but I didn't mind those because I used to feel really really cold and they were kind of just a little bit of a heat booster so they weren't too bad but I've kind of moved through those symptoms now but I was talking with a girlfriend the other day who's going through them and they have hit her her confidence has really taken a a, a nosedive because she's a higher she's a super super high achiever she's on top of her game she is not at the moment and she is really questioning her abilities. And it's about having that conversation of perimenopause and menopause and how it affects us in life, but certainly in the workplace as well. I, I did an episode recently with Mel from the seed cycle. One of the things using seed cycling to help to manage hormone imbalances. So go back and have a look and listen to that one to, to be able to how to naturally manage hormones and also see your health practitioner. There's, there, I'm not certainly going to go into that now, but our hormonal changes can really impact how we view ourselves as we get older. It can affect our, you know, our skin, our, body as well and just a whole lot of things so it it gets back to how we treat and see ourselves there so it it can impact your your confidence so think about those tips that I've talked about today but in other in some of the other episodes that you know and societal pressures can can impact us as, as well so I would think in summary, sorry, this one's probably got a little bit longer as well, is it's it's really about the the link of confidence to who we are at each stage of life, but how we view ourselves, that the the image that we have of ourselves, who we are, you know, maybe the takeaway from today's session is to really just even think about, well, how do I view myself? Do I feel really confident and great about myself? Because I know that there's a lot of women that do. And I know some that I've chatted with, I've been surprised that they haven't had body confidence. No, that doesn't sound very good. They haven't had body confidence issues, challenges, That intrigued me because it's been a major theme in my life and I was really curious as to how that played out for people where it wasn't. And I loved hearing that because so this isn't, everybody doesn't by any means have low confidence, low self-esteem in relation to body confidence is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, maybe think about what your image of yourself is. Like, how do I view myself? Do I, am I confident how do I feel about myself do I like who I am do I love who I am am I putting conditions on myself am I one of the things I listen to is a lot of those yeah but I love myself but I don't love myself in a swimming costume yeah but I like you know my eyebrows but I don't love the rest of me Or, or whatever it is I hear a lot of those conditions that women place on themselves and when we put those conditions we're we're limiting ourselves in some way and I know there are a lot of women who 
are missing out on experiences and opportunities because of how they view themselves. And please don't, please don't, please just really love yourself, be yourself, regardless of anything. <laughs> so I think, I think I will leave it there to just as a quick little reminder as well is if you want to download the imposter survival guide, you can survival kit. You can do that. There's some tips there about overcoming imposter syndrome. And some of that links in with what I've talked about today. The happiness checker. That's a free resource that you can get from my website under the happiness hub and the free resources. So the link there is also in the show notes. Listen to the previous podcast with Mel from the Seed Cycle. There's some chatting there about how to manage your hormones and there's a free, there's a discount offer too. We'll put those in the show notes if you wanted to try the Seed Cycling. So really celebrate you, your uniqueness, embrace all the beautifulness of who you are. And I'll see you in the final episode of Confidence. And that's kind of looking a little bit more at just transitions in life, just different times that we go through life and just general confidence. So I will, oh my gosh, I could talk to you. There's so much. But anyway, love you and talk to you later. Bye, gorgeous. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.